welcome everybody to the tag team talk on the future of Drupal's user interface with a focus on accessibility. Today we're going to dig into two of the five Drupal 9 strategic initiatives. The uh, easier out of the box experience, a key part of that is the Claro admin theme, as well as the modernizing of the front end of Drupal, which is the Olivero theme. We're also going to pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about what it's like to be a key contributor to an initiative, what it's like to go through the development process, how it works, you know, the contribution work-life balance and how to manage all of that. And so excited to jump in here. My name is Michael Myers. I'm the managing director at Tag One, and I'll be the host of today's show. We're joined today by a very special guest, Kat Shaw, who's a senior developer at Lullabot and a CPACC certified accessibility expert. In addition to her work at Lullabot, uh, Kat is a member of the strategic initiative team that's building that new front end theme. And uh, she's also a contributor to the modernization initiative, uh, the Claro initiative. So uh, Kat is very involved in the future of Drupal and I'm excited to dig into that and learn a lot more. Kat, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So let's step back a sec. I don't know that everybody is familiar with Claro or Olivero. So I think it'd be really helpful just to talk through them at a high level. I, I think, you know, you had mentioned that you might want to demo some stuff for the folks that are just listening will be really descriptive. Kat's an accessibility expert after all. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, why don't we start with that, the new front end theme? Sure. Okay. Let me share my screen. Hold on one second. Okay. Can you see my screen okay? Yep. And do you see Olivero? I do. Great. Okay. So this is the beautiful Olivero theme. This is the front page. So this is a, a demo site that um, we have created and we have a link that we'll share obviously with the, the people that ends up um, redirecting to this site. So um, we're just in desktop view right now and if I just go through as a regular user and I hover over, you can see that it has drop downs now. So over here and has a search. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty snazzy dazzy. So if I um, go up here and I'll just refresh it and hopefully it'll uh, come up here. It's um, really cool. It's uh, using tugboat which is a pretty cool uh, tool that uh, people should check out. Tugboat's the, uh, the Lullabot mm -hmm. SDI system and automated QA testing. Yes, yeah, and we use it for all of our um, testing, for all of our PRs, and it makes it, it's a really great because we can just automatically test each one of our PRs right then instead of try having to pull it into our locals. So awesome. it makes life a lot easier. So if I just tab through, you can see the first item that you see on the screen is skip to main navigation, skip to main content, which is always what should be the first item. So if I would just tab through that, you can see so it goes can, there. You can tab through the admin menus, you know, so that, that's much uh, better accessibility mm -hmm. with keyboard yeah, so, navigation. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and go back actually and just get through this. Is that something that existed historically or is that something that's new in, in Olivero? 
it should have uh, always existed, I believe. So in a triple. So I think that's a triple thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a good question. So I'm going to go back in the navigation. And you can see that each item on here is keyboard accessible, which is very important. And it also um, follows a, a specific um, order, which is very important. Sometimes you'll find a site you tab through. So I'm going backwards right now. But you'll find the site as you tab through, it might go from you know, right here to the bottom of the site, back up to the top. So tab order is very important. Mm-hmm. You can see that you can have keyboard focus on each item so a person visually knows where they're at on a page. So you have users that use a keyboard exclusively and they're able to know exactly where they're at as they go through the site. Mm-hmm. So that was a very, this is a very important thing um, when it comes to Olivero is accessibility and usability. Um, but accessibility is one of the things that I focus on. So that's what I love about it. So if I go over here and I uh, click over here and I'll go ahead and click out of the admin menu, make it smaller. You can see what the mobile version looks like. So I'll tab here. This is the mobile menu. So is it, is it just responsive when you, when you yes. increase the size, it, it automatically shifts into this mode? Yeah, that's right. It's a responsive site. And, and again, each item is, receives a keyboard focus properly in the right order and also um, receives focus, visual focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, color contrast was also checked on each item. So we're still going through testing. We're always going through testing. And, you know, that's the basics of the front page. And if you go to this demo site, you can go through each one of these and you can see examples of what it can do. Mm-hmm. So I can go here and go to a job application. And I can see a pretty good size form. I'll click apply. And... You can see what um, the error messages look like. So you can see that they're very specific to this form, which is very important. One of the things we're working on right now is actually inline errors. So we'll get that worked out. And some of the other features are CSS grid. You can add that to the site as well. So all of this is using that. Nested comments, you have sidebar feature, um, tables with a sticky header. So there's, you know, there's a lot of options. That's one of the things that they really focus on is also flexibility. So there's a bunch of components and features and capabilities that are baked in that you can, Mm -hmm. you can build on top of this. What I love about it is, you know, like historically, you know, when you launch a default Drupal site, like it was so obvious that it was Drupal, (laughs) like Garland or this and and you know it, that was a good theme for its time but you know i really like this because it looks great out of the box like you you could just swap yeah. your logo in in the upper left hand side and, and you got a really well thought out really nice looking modern site so th- that this is really cool yeah it's it's really great and you know you can go into the settings and you have an option even to enable mobile menu at all width so that mobile menu you know the normal default is to have the menu all the way across, but if you want, you can enable just to have a mobile menu at all width. So if you want 
And also the blue is obviously the default when you install the site, but you can also change it to gray and white as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So quick custom. Uh, yeah. This enabled debug options is here for testing, but I believe that's going to be removed when it goes into into core. And that's then, you know, it's a great transition to uh, Claro since we're on the back end here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that um, sounds great. Why don't, uh, why don't you tell folks about Claro, you know, what it is, you know, and, and, and what you're going to show off here. Sure. So Claro, uh, you know, Olivero is the theme layer for the front end, if you want to say that. And Claro is the theme layer for the admin interface. So if I go into content, um, so this Olivero demo site is using Claro. And it basically is, um, what they did is they created a copy of seven and then they rethemed all of the components for it. So, and they made sure that accessibility was a, a key feature when they did that. So again, you know, if you go through all of the elements, you can see that they receive a very obvious keyboard focus and it's very usable. Let's see if we go to, let's see, what would be a good place? A status report perhaps. You can again um, see that the add to default shortcuts pops up and you can see each item very clearly. So you have a lot of different uh, features. It's very clean. If you go to the block, layout and you wanted to look at the demonstration it's it's just pretty much the same there but it's just you know I, you'll just notice it's just a lot cleaner it's not as just gray on gray on gray it's got some color to it but it's still very simple and clean and clear and it has a lot of space around it the navigation and everything is is by default now so yeah, that's pretty much it. So awesome. So improving the end user UI, improving the site admin and site builder UI, uh, making Drupal a lot easier to use makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that's where uh, a lot of criticism from Drupal has been placed. And I, you know, I'm in his Dries note. Last week, two weeks ago, time is flying at DrupalCon. Dries announced, you know, these five initiatives for uh, Drupal nine. You know, in the past there were nine or ten, so he's really focused them down. Three out of the five are front end. You know, Claro, Olivero, and then there's the, you know, APIs for the the decoupled, you know, front ends and menus and whatnot, but. What, what's your take on that? Do you, do you think that that is the right focus for Drupal? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, I know that with both of them, you know, that that's the thing about both of these, if you'll notice that they both have a lot of similarities. They both really depend on having a, a very clean look and feel. They both want to focus on having flexibility for the users. They want to um, have an ease of setting up and use. So that's what's um, really great about both of them. They're visually clean, being visually clean is very, very important. And I know that for both Olivero and Claro that 
the way that Drupal is perceived by by people like new users, stakeholders, new developers, you know, everybody under that umbrella is very, very important. So, you know, when you first set up the site, having it be a very simple install was a very important thing. And also just having it look nice and very clean and, and being impressed, like, oh, wow, you know, and so that was very important. So I definitely think that the front end and being you know clean and and accessible to all users, all of those things were very very important. The you know Claro Olivero, they they looked really impressive to me. Where are they in their development cycle? Are, you know, are they fifty percent done, eighty percent done? You know, do you have a sense of how far along these are? When we're going to see them as a default core feature? Well, Olivero is, I'd say it's maybe about 60% done, maybe. It's, you know, about there, but it's hopefully, it'll be experimental in Drupal 9.1. That's what we're shooting for right now. Um, and we're shooting for it to be the default 9.2. So we're really working really hard on it, and we definitely would love help to get it there. It's going really well, though. People are really excited about it. So, And Claro, I'd say it's about 80% there. So right now it's actually in Drupal. It's been there since 8.8. .8. So the uh, goal is to get it to be the default admin theme. It's There's a code freeze in October and that's for 9.1 as I was mentioning and it's in there I believe as a beta right now and they're trying to get it as stable. So that's where those two are at. But both of those, Claro and Olivero, definitely would love people's help. Some senior uh, reviews would be great of some code. Yeah. So that's awesome. where those, those are at right now. So what's your role been on these initiatives? You know, how have you been participating in them? What, what kind of work have you been focusing on? Well, when I started at Lullaby, you know, there was a break between when I started and when I started my new first project. So I, you know, I, I have to keep busy. It drives me nuts to be bored. I just, I can't just be sitting on my laurels or whatever you call it. So I just went and kind of hit people up around Lullabot and then said, hey, you know, I want to work. And what, does anybody have anything they need? And, and I mentioned that I really love accessibility and stuff. So when I did that, I automatically talked to Mike Herschel and Christina right away. So Mike Herschel is obviously with Olivero Project and Christina is with the uh, Claro Project and they were very excited. So I, what I did is that both of those projects obviously already existed. And so I worked on both of those with the designs, the Sigma designs on finding and reporting and, and creating fixes if you want to just in reporting fixes for those issues that I could find. And also giving ideas on the designs for like, for instance, on Claro, we were going through the, the inline errors um, for forms, trying to figure out how to make it so that would work for people that are colorblind. So at the time, the inline errors were read under the form fields, but they didn't have any other kind of indicator that they were, there was an error. And so we were talking through that and trying to figure out what would be a good way to specify to somebody there was an error. So it ended up that we use icons. So, you know, things like that. And 
and what are the best ways to show errors to users and everything. So that would be an example of how we did that. And with Olivero, it's, you know, same kind of thing. They're both obviously set up in different ways, so, and they're at different points. So how I worked with both of those were a little bit different, but what I did for both of those are pretty much the same. I feel like a lot of people think that, you know, core development, strategic initiative development is like a secret cabal. <laughs> um, like, yeah. like, is there, you know, are there a lot of people working on this? Is it a small core team that's doing the majority of the work? Are they, you know, you, you know, you were referred to this by uh, awesome people at Lullabot that are engaged in the mm -hmm. community. Like, uh, you know, is it easy to find and access? And, you know, so just give me a sense of like how that works. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I don't, you know, before I started, I didn't, I didn't really know much about it. So I do think that it's something I can see how people feel that way. But definitely for Olivero, I'll just start there with the the front end theme. That that work is mostly done through the Olivero team, but they have tons of volunteers that help out and that you know create patches and test out things and do all of those things. So it's not just one core group. So, but the Olivero team is, is you know, mostly through Lullabot, but there's also, I shouldn't say mostly, there's a few people through Lullabot. There's also people um, like Mike Gifford and Andrew McPherson, and there's people on the accessibility committee, I don't know if you call it the committee, with Drupal, the Drupal core group that we meet with a lot. So those people are very, very involved and help us out in getting Olivero um, right on track. And they've also been obviously involved in the Clara project. So it's, it's interesting, you know, the core group, when you call like the super core group, I actually have never had a meeting with the super cabal core group in Drupal, but I've had meetings with the accessibility group and they're awesome. And I think that what happens is they delegate out to their specific groups like the accessibility group and the security group and whatever other groups they have. And those groups are the ones that, that kind of lead the way in, in what's going on. Obviously, I do know that I talked with, you know, I met with the teams this week, both teams, and they did mention that when before I got into both projects, Drees and the top people did were involved in the project. So it's not like they were never involved in the project. They were involved in the projects. That was just before I was in, involved. So. And the security team is a secret cabal. Yeah. <laughs> They're very yeah. tight uh, and rightfully so. But thank you for, for demystifying that because I, you know, I don't know that everybody understands how Drupal comes together you know, all these working groups, the collaboration, you know, there is a tremendous amount of thought, like, you know, that accessibility working group and team that's involved in, you know, Drupal core and this initiative. So mm -hmm. um, great to hear well, that there's a lot of people focused on this. Yeah, I'd say if anybody wants to get involved, the, the key ways to get involved are obviously to go to the project page. There's links on the project page for Olivero and Claro. And Claro is in core, so, but you could still find the project page for Claro. There's several other pages for Clara that help. And then after that, Slack is the number one way. Drupal's Slack page has rooms for those as well. So you can get involved very easily. Drupal 9 has a meeting on Mondays, Monday mornings at 9.30 Central, I think. 
<laughs> nine, no, nine central, so bad, for the front end theme. So if you want to get involved in those and help out, you can definitely be involved in those. Very open. So just, you know, definitely hit me up or hit anybody else up, and we'll definitely, we'd love to have volunteers and help have people help out. Great. Can you take us through a quote-unquote day? <laughs> you know, you know it, it would be awesome in the lens of an example to, you know, get a sense of, you know, how you do your work on this. You know, can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, when I'm able to work on it, it's, I, sh I should say, do you mean like a day, a general day altogether, or do you mean a, a day on these? <laughs> I'm sure that you do work over many days. Yeah. And, yeah. That's what I meant. Sort of like, you know, end to end, you know, uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier how, you know, you're, you're looking through and you're reviewing designs and you're finding yeah, yeah. bugs, you know, maybe you could talk us through that a little bit, you know, okay. uh, you know, the, the, the details of that process. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I started a little bit later, um, before, you know, after they had done it. But I do know that when it comes to, like, the design process at the very beginning, um, the key stakeholders gave feedback. So as I was mentioning, you know, that would be even Dries, Lowry is his name, Angie, Byron, Christina, and Gabor. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So that would be um, the group that gave feedback on the designs. They had several designs, and they whittled it down to one and then they worked with their specific groups on on getting those uh, designs worked out for the olivero team they actually went and created a proof of concept mike created a proof of concept that was just html and css and then tried to make that accessible and, and fix a bunch of the issues on that site and then once that was done in I think that was GitHub. Then we moved that on to uh, Drupal and created a theme off of that. For Claro, it was a bit different. They created the whole theme on GitHub and it went really fast from what I understand because I wasn't involved in that initial part. And then they also said that, Christina said that she got a lot of buy-in from stakeholders at that point. And so that went really well. When I got involved, they had at that point the design in Figma, which is a product that's pretty cool. And we use that at Lullabot. It's a, like a web-based tool that you can use for designs. And actually it's, you know, linked on the project pages. So collaborators and volunteers go to that and they can look at the design for the, the themes and give their feedback on what they think should change. So when I was using that example earlier with the form fields and the the error messages that's what we did in that situation so we went on there and and just collaborated and 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 reported tickets and and gave our feedback on that on the ticket so it's not it sounds very similar to how we you know at our agencies build and work with our clients yeah it it's very similar it just happens yeah. at, a, at a massive scale um yeah yeah it's like a it's the same thing. It's just with a lot more employees lot more <laughs> who, work, who, who, are, who mostly work for free. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say that. So. Cool. What's next? Like, uh, what, are you, what are you working on over the next couple of weeks, months? Where do you see your focus? Well, I know that 
you know, one of the things for me that was difficult this this past year was I was working on a, you know, I'm new. I just started it all about in September of last year. It feels new. It's going to be a year in a couple of months. So when I started, I, I felt, you know, I had to work on a, my new, my first project and I felt kind of pressure to make sure to get those tickets done. So once I had worked on um, these two projects for a while, I had to get that project done and we actually just launched that last week. So, you know, now that I've done that, I'm refocusing my time on both of these and focusing on accessibility specifically and fixing issues with it, both of those, trying to get them, you know, over the humps that they might have. One of the other things that I, I just met yesterday with the Oliveira team, and we had an awesome meeting actually with the uh, National Federation of the Blinds. It was really cool. It was kind of a last minute invite. And I guess the cool thing is they're going to help test Olivero for us. And I was very excited about that. And then after that meeting, I got asked if I could lead the team for testing. So I'm going to lead the uh, the team for coordinating the testing with the National Federation of the Blind. So it's a great opportunity, and I'm very excited about it. That's so, amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm very, very excited to work with them. They're very, very humble people. So very knowledgeable. It was really nice to meet them. I had a mind-blowing experience recently. You know, the, the internet websites, it's like a core part of our lives. Like it's, it's impossible not to, you know, live without the internet. Like so much of what I do is online. You think about like people with disabilities that have, you know, either you know, extreme challenges, you know, like to, you know, like the best case, lots of friction. Yeah. And we were doing an accessibility review on this internet they were building. And, you know, the, the advice of the team was when we were doing like study for the blind, like, turn off your monitor. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, and I was like, yeah. well, you know, like trying to find and navigate, you know, and, and it was, you know, it, it was an amazing experience. It really, yeah. Uh, gave me a new perspective and it, it was that simple you know turn off your monitor uh or you know turn down the the screen brightness so you can't see mm -hmm. it and or turn off your mouse yeah and and uh, you know i encourage everybody to try that to get a sense or you know just a small sense of you know what people with disabilities have to do with and it will really change your thinking and how you go about building websites and and, and you know just give you a small sense of how important this is Absolutely. I haven't had a chance to participate in it, but I hope to in the future when things cool down eventually. But DeQ actually has um, what they call an empathy lab, I think they call it, which is really cool where they have those kinds of things and they allow you to come in and you can use all of the different devices that people use. So switch devices and, you know, screen readers and all of that kind of stuff so that you can see what it's like for people with disabilities. Um, to uh, use those things and, and it builds empathy for people so that they can see what it's like to navigate your own site using those things. And, and then you, you know, any developers can be like, wow, you know, that's not, not really great and want to fix that, you know? So it's, it's really important. And, you know, for me, that's actually what happened to me back in 2012. Like, so I worked at local government actually in, that's how I, how I got my start in all of it. So I worked at Douglas County, Kansas as a webmaster. And 
you know, obviously accessibility and local government go hand in hand. And so I got, you know, some experience with it and I kind of thought I understood things and did a little bit here and there. But then I went and saw a uh, speaker. He was, his name was Dan and he was, he worked for the GSA as part of the Section 508 group. And he uh, did a presentation from the point of view of a blind, of a blind user uh, using a screen reader. It was the first time I had ever heard one. And it just like, it really blew my mind away. It was just amazing when I heard it. And it, I know it did that for everybody else in the room. And I just was changed forever from that. And I went right away back to the county, to my office, and started looking all of it up and just making changes right away. And I haven't looked back from there at all. I mean, it's just ever since then, I just became an advocate and just wanted to learn as much as I could about it and make changes to our site. And so, you know, just right after that, actually, I, I redid our main site and our intranet site because of that completely. So, and really focused on, you know, developing with accessibility in mind instead of doing a site and then checking it for accessibility, which is what a lot of people do. That's, uh, it's amazing to see how you went from, you know, new to Drupal to participating in two of the five, you know, strategic initiatives, like the most critical things behind the future of Drupal. That's amazing for folks that are out there to see, you know, the trajectory and your opportunities to get involved. I'm curious, you know, like, it's amazing how many people contribute to Drupal. It's one of the most active open source projects. But like I said, they're not getting paid. You know, we have personal lives, we have family lives, we, you know, we have work lives. What's it, you know, what do you like and, and dislike about contributing to Drupal and what do you wish you could change? I like sharing. Sharing is my number one thing that I like doing. I like it at work. I like it when I, when I, back in the day when I used to go to camps and cons and anything. It's so exciting. I like to teach people. I like to learn. So those are the things I like to do. I like the community in Drupal. That's one of the things that I fell in love with. I love the teamwork, you know, and all of that. And I, obviously for me, making accessibility a top priority is important and, and meeting other people that do that is very awesome. So I get really geeky when that happens. In fact, I got really geeky when I was on that phone call yesterday. I had to just like try to keep myself calm when I was like had that opportunity to to talk with the president of the NSB. So I'd say what I don't like is people that are closed-minded about accessibility. So obviously on the flip side, you know, you might have clients that are like that. You, you might have developers that are like that because it takes, you know, learning some new things and they might not want to, they're set in their ways and they don't really want to go there. And, you know, I don't understand the importance of it or, you know, they don't, yeah, have, you know, they don't have empathy and they, they just think of visual users. They're just visual. And so they'll create a beautiful site and they've worked so hard on it to be beautiful and work and, you know, and have all this flashy stuff. And then, you know, they, don't want to hear that, oh, well, it doesn't work for blind users. It's kind of like that Domino's case, you know, where Domino's had, you know, I, I, it was a great site or whatever, I don't know. But they didn't want to, you know, better their site for disabled users and actually went all the way, you know, went to, to say we shouldn't have to, you know, fix our site for disabled users. 
you know, they ended up they ended up losing. But whether or not they lost or you know, won or lost, the the fact that you know a company would just say that and feel that way just really bothered me. And there's people that feel that way, and so that bothers me a lot. And I don't. The yeah. one time it took it to take it to court, they would have spent a fraction on just making their website accessible. I mean, exactly. Crazy yeah. that, you know, that if you are going to fight it, you know, why not do it? Yeah, it it was pointless, and and also it's bad PR. I mean, I don't know who was thinking that was a good idea at all. It was just not very good, and. And I'd also say that, you know, people that know they're really knowledgeable about accessibility, just make sure you're not coming across in a condescending way. You know, really remember that people want to learn. And it's really important to remember that people are starting out just like we did at the very beginning, and we need to teach what we know. And I'm still learning a lot. I'm not a, I'm not a complete expert. I am learning, I'm, everybody's learning. And so always come to things in a humble way and always want to learn and always want to teach people. Always want to share what you learn and always want to learn. It, it, it sounds like participating in these initiatives has been, you know, you know, an amazing learning and even career opportunity, you know, working with the Association for the Blind and all these different groups and getting access to these equipment, you know, it's a lot of that is out of reach for most people. So my pitch yeah. would be, you know, the more you get involved, the more you're going to transform your career, you know, you're going to be more successful, make more money, do more interesting things. Uh, so it's definitely worthwhile to, to get involved. My hope is that, you know, these initiatives, you know, Clara Olivero will solve the dominoes problem to some degree, right? If, if Drupal's providing out of the box, these, you know, beautiful, functional and highly accessible systems you, you know you don't need to be an accessibility expert you can just build on top of these themes and your site is going to be more accessible than most out on the internet yeah and you know it's actually interesting you mentioned that because in a meeting yesterday with um, Andrew McPherson I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning he mentioned that he wants to dispel the myth that an accessible site is you know is ugly you know it's, it can be a beautiful site and be an accessible site at the same time. A lot of people think that if you're going to make your site accessible, it's not. It's going to just be ugly. You can have both. Yeah. yeah. And with Drupal, we take all the work out of it. Well, not all. A lot of the work a out of it. A lot of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we create some other yeah. work perhaps too, but mm -hmm. the balance is, is fantastic. Yeah. Any Any calls to action is, you know, you know, these two initiatives that you're working on, you know, it sounds like there's a, a big community involved, but I'm sure that there's always room for, you know, and a desire to engage more people. If, if folks listening want to get involved, where do you guys need help? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd say with each one of them, you know, I was mentioning their project pages be the easiest way to find them. And if you go there, they're going to each have a, a meta issue that's going to have a bunch of sub-issues linked off of them. So for Olivero, it's the meta issues called add new Olivero front-end theme to Drupal 9.1 core and eventually make it the default. So it's a really long title, but <laughs> the goal for them, for us is to get it, the must-haves done for beta, the beta release 
and then the must-haves for stable release. And um, I know that we were really focusing on getting senior reviews for the code quality because we do have a lot of uh, great volunteers, and we definitely appreciate getting more volunteers. But if we could get more senior reviews for the for the code quality and the accessibility, that would be really, really awesome because we have the goal to get into core. For Claro, you can um, find Claro. Um, again, it's in core, but there is a meta ticket called a roadmap to stabilize Claro, and that has a bunch of sub-tickets that are the real focus on getting it in, I think, stable, actually, because it's already an experimental in uh, triple core. And so you would focus on the must-haves for a beta release and then the must-haves for a stable release. I know that in meeting with the team, we are trying to focus on getting as much done on that, the must-haves list for the code freeze for October 2020. And then, yeah, our objective for both is to get more contributors and, you know, get as much done as we can. So. Well, I, I encourage people to get involved for the reasons that we mentioned. Plus, it's just an awesome group of people to work with. Shifting gears, our segment that we like to call, and, and now for something new as we wrap things up. Everybody just takes a minute to talk about something interesting that they've discovered. I'll let you go first, Kat. What, what have you discovered recently that you want to share with folks that, that is exciting? Well, I'd like to uh, share this tool that I saw actually DrupalCon's global virtual conference. I took a session as for live captioning and it was really a great session. And so if you go to live-captioning.com, you can find it. And it's really an amazing tool. It's basically um, what they're trying to do is create a reliable, no cost tool that makes speaking events more accessible than they normally are. They're not trying to replace you know, the interpreters, I guess they call them CART. I had never heard of it before, but CART stands for Communication Access Real-Time Translation, but that's pretty cool. They're, they're just trying to offer an alternative for people that don't have um, the option for live captioning in meetings and, and can have that option, so it's pretty cool. And if you go to that website again, live-captioning.com, I think it is, you can click on See This Tool in Action, and when you get to that, there's a link that says how to use, and it'll give you steps on how to use the tool. And it's pretty simple, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. It was really, it was really awesome. Also, I would um, check out uh, DrupalCon's site and look up that session, and you can probably find out more about that there. And when they finally get the video for the session, I would definitely check it out because I'm sure that will help you to understand how to use it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Even for people that, that aren't struggling with site issues, I know like my wife loves to watch TV with closed captioning on, you know, having this, you know, uh, for a meeting in Zoom, like we are right now, it helps internalize, right? It helps learn. A lot of people, you know, reading is a really effective way. And then of course, for people with disabilities, it's critical. So it's, it, you know, having that tool would, would make, you know, participating in work and, and conference sessions and, and life so much easier. I definitely want to yeah, check out. I would like to thank Andy Olson and Kumana Bots for doing that presentation because it was very good. They did a really great job. So hopefully I'll get to meet him in person one day. Yeah, I'd love to. Maybe we should have him on the show. I'd love to talk about the technology underlying that. It's, it's got to be pretty cool stuff. 
yeah, it looks like it is. So we'll have to ask them that too. Well, less worldly, solving a problem. I wanted to talk about a, an app that I discovered recently called Planta. It's P-L-A-N-T-A. I do not have a green thumb and I regularly struggle in, in keeping our house plants going. And I, I, we, you know, we love to have plants around the house and it's, you know, it's been frustrating. So this has uh, really improved the mortality rate. <laughs> of our flora mortality and flora. rate, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's it's so cool. It has, uh, you know, you you set up different rooms and the lighting conditions, and you know, of course, I didn't save the little stickers or or like flags that come with the plants. I have no idea what it is, you know. And and you take a photo of it, and it tells you like what plant it is, and it's like, you know, this is not a good fit for the room that you have it in, <laughs> you know, which is in part why it's dying. You know, like you know, I don't know why it's yellow or brown. Is it water? Is it light? You know, who knows. But, you know, it also blew my mind because, like, what you potted in, and the, you know, like, has sort, certain, like, you know, breathability, terracotta versus plastic, you know, versus glass or whatever, whether or not there's drainage. Like, there are all these things that ask you about a plant that I never really, you know, it's a plant. <laughs> you know, I never really thought about these things. Um, yeah, just put them in dirt and they should grow. But, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm a gardener, so I love, I love gardening. But it's weird. Inside plants are a lot harder to grow for me than outside plants. So I'm with you on that. Gardening is is a future goal. I don't I don't think it does that, but it likes to send you lots of reminders that I ignore, like you know, spray your plants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you're supposed to wipe plants clean every once in a while. I, you know, I just thought they lived. So I have two dead plants up there that I could have used that app for so I'm not going to show them but <laughs> I should finally remove them from my office awesome well Kat thank you so much for joining us today that was that was amazing it was really interesting I hope folks are going to check out you know the links in the uh, show notes uh, the tools that you mentioned you know try turning down the brightness on your screen and checking it out and see what other people go through and you know contribute, you know, jump in and see how you can help with these accessibility issues, initiatives, you know, and, you know, a key part of what is the future of Drupal improving the back end and front end user interfaces. So uh, also a big uh, thank you to everybody who's watching and listening. As I mentioned, all of the uh, links are going to be in the show notes. If you like this talk, please uh, upvote, subscribe, share it out and help us build our audience. You know, it's been really rewarding to see more and more viewers with each video and, and podcast that we post. So again, thank you. Uh, you can check out our, our past uh, tag team talks at tagone.com slash tag team talks. We, we also started a new series that I'm excited about called core confidential at tagone.com slash core. Uh, and this is where we have, you know, the top core contributors, the core maintainers, framework managers uh, come in and talk about what's been going on over the past 30 days in Drupal from the security announcements and like digging into those to, you know, new features and functionality that are coming down the line to the process of core development. So it's fascinating to get insight into all of that. As always, we'd love your feedback, topic suggestions. You can reach out to us at tagteamtalks at tagwanconsulting.com. We really appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks.